Boom! There it is, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode. I'm excited. Habits of excellence. Man, I'm striving for it every single day. So if that's you, then this one's for you. Here we go. Let's do it. Shut up and sit down. Is your business in need of customers? Then you found the right show. Hernan Cias is the business bro, and he makes getting customers fun and easy. Watch, listen, and learn as each episode is designed to sell. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents, who do we got on the show today? Before we get started, this is your friendly reminder to share, like, and subscribe, because every time you do, you help an entrepreneur find a customer and a customer find a solution to their problems. All right, ladies and gents, if you follow me, you know I'm all about daily minimum standards, specifically when it comes to my health and creating content. But I think today's guest said it best, excellence is a habit. If we ever wanna achieve excellence, then we must develop habits that we act upon daily. Life will always happen, excuses are abundant, and we have to invest the time and energy into our dreams if we're ever going to realize them. Now, I'm excited to meet our guest who's a proud member of Pi Kappa Phi fraternity, president of his local foundation and chapter advisor, a cub master, author, father, and a Yankees fan. Let's welcome to the show, Joe Templin. All right, Joe, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited. Let's do this. Oh, dude, I am so excited to be here. So let's just roll right into it. How can I help you and help your listeners? All right, let's start with the why, man. That why question is always the big one. When you get stuck, when you have a, a wall in front of you, you don't feel like it, you're not motivated, what is the thing that pushes you forward? Why are you doing this? Because I want to know. Is life is trying to get to the castle save the princess get the gold build the empire and all that and so everything in life is either a part of that main quest or a side quest where you're going into the tavern to meet the old weird guy like me or you're rest so that you can recover or you're getting information so that ultimately you can get the air so my quest for being here you know as Nietzsche says if a man has a strong enough why he can overcome anyhow is I was put on this earth to help other people to continuously challenge myself and bring out the best in everybody around me so on the I get out of bed when state New York enter here which you guys don't have um, and it's cold and dark and nasty and all that it is this mission to bring the excellence out of others that gets me going no matter what. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit. Bringing the excellence out of people, wanting to help others. I mean, it's part of our motto, too, to be of service to other people. But I think the way we define it is different. Everybody goes about it in different ways. And so, you know, when, when you're talking about bringing the best in others, how do you what, what questions are you asking? What are you doing to figure out what is their best that you can pull out of? 
And part of the problem is something called the Michelangelo effect. And coaches have this, artists have this. Um, when you're first falling up, people, you get a tinge of it. In that we look at block of marble like Michelangelo did. And he saw the David and he just removed everything around the statue that was not part of the David. And so those of us who are educators or coaches, we see the potential in others as uh, I see with more than eyes. And so when we see what somebody else can become, we want to bring that out. This is what coaches have in them this is the reason why as a parent you tell your kids no and you make life difficult for them in some ways to overcome those obstacles and be better this is what i do as a cub master or scout master or with my coaching clients where i challenge them i give them resistance sort of like putting additional weights on the bar you get stronger by overcoming these adversities. And it is through the resistance towards something we believe in, overcoming the obstacles, going on the long hike to see that waterfall like I did a couple of weekends ago. That is where on the far side, we get the reward, we get the beauty, we get the accolades. But it is being able to get through that process. And most people don't want to be pushed. They don't want to go through that hard work on their own. There's an old saying that champions want to be coached. If you look at mm -hmm. any team, you know, the people who want it the most are the hardest on themselves and their teams. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, okay? And they demand that excellence of themselves and the people that are around them and people model off that. So if we could have a Michael Jordan on our shoulder you know, yelling at us the same way that he did in practice to bring our best out in everything, whether it is running our business, whether it is our interactions with other individuals, we would become epically great if we had that same level of coaching and attention. So that's what I do in a lot of ways for people. I love, I love just that coach analogy. And, and it makes me think about the aspects of life that one would need coaching in, right? So for me, it's like any, the answer to that would be simple. With anything that you want to improve upon, that skill set needs coaching, right? So if you want your health, for example, then you need a fitness coach, right? If you're trying to improve your wealth, then maybe you're going for a financial coach. If you're improving your business, maybe you're going for a business coach. Whatever it is, the skill that you want to improve, that's where your coaching uh, skill set needs to come from. So when people come to you, what are the skill sets and credentials that you have that are best suited for you as a coach? Skills I've acquired over a very long career. My backstory, I was legally dead from my asthma at 10 years old. And wow. I came back from that. So, you know, as Chow says in the hangover, but did you die? Yes, I did. And I got better. So there's no excuse for you to not be able to work harder. <laughs> right. So from that, I became a, I played volleyball in high school, played junior Olympics. I became a martial artist. I won an international title. I ran, started running to cross train because I hate running. Now I do ultra marathons. So I challenged myself in these. And these are uh, all sports and endeavors where you can have continuous improvement and constant discovery 
of yourself as you push yourself to greater expertise or distances. So, you know, when I first did a marathon, I'm like, I'm never doing one of these again. And then last year, I did a double marathon in a single day because two negatives make a positive. So technically, in my twisted mind, I didn't do a marathon. And I'm uh, the farthest I've gone in a single day was 100 kilometers. I was trained for 125. I broke my leg. And I'm just getting back into it. But it's this, I can do more. I can be better. I can push myself. And, uh, the Greeks had a concept of arete excellence where it's cross-functional like discipline if you can have the mindset to push yourself in a sport can you apply that to push yourself in your business can you apply that to push yourself to have that difficult discussion with your significant other so that you actually have a strong relationship instead of a fake one can you apply it to your physical health your mental health your spiritual health so it is this ability to push yourself or have somebody else push you in certain areas that then cross pollinate to allow you to be able to impact other areas. And if we can have this mindset of Kaizen, continuous improvement among multiple dimensions of our lives, we can over time, as it shows with the cool nonlinear growth curve that we put on the front of the book, become excellent in multiple capacities. Now, I, I am big on habits, right? For me, I, I'm, I'm, if a habit makes me who I am. I feel like those are the standards that I, it's the same reason why I go to bed around the same time every time. I'm, I'm trying to be in bed by 8 30, 9 o'clock, right? I'm trying to wake up every morning around 4 30. I'm trying to run my six miles a day. Like, I'm consistently trying to. You're, you're like on my same schedule. Right. It's, it's ridiculously crazy, right? When people from the outside looking in, they're like, that's ridiculous. But that's the standard that I set myself to. I'm pushing myself just like you are. But my question here is going to be a little bit deeper than that because I've been asking myself this a lot lately. And the question is really, why am I doing it? Right. And, and my answer that I had come up with for me, I, I actually heard from Ed Milet and he's, he was referencing the matrix and then the matrix, uh, Neo is the one, right? And so I, I'm, I'm thinking the reason why I'm pushing myself is because I want to be the one in my family, the one that takes my family from one economic level to the next economic level. I want to be that one in my family that people look up to as this is the example that if you want to get yourself out of the rat race, this is how you do it. I want to be that one in my family, right? Uh, and then I'm kind of stepping back and thinking, well, Dude, so I am I doing you. this for other people? Am I doing this for other people? And I'm asking myself, and this is what I'm going to ask you. But what do, what do I want? What is the thing that I want? Why are you doing this? What do you, Joe, what do you want? So I wrote an article about that a couple months ago, actually. Um, and the, the among the Greek, one out of 100 is a true warrior. You know, and we talk about the 1% club in terms of the 1% effort, the 1% intelligence, the 1% work ethic, you know, so you can, anyone can push hard and become top 10% or even top 1%. If you're a top 1% earner in the United States, by the way, as a single individual, that's about $400,000. So right. you can push yourself into that. And anybody who has reached those levels has pushed themselves 88% or so of millionaires in the United States are self-made. 
So if you're an athlete, guess what? You were pushed. If you built a business, guess what? You were pushed. So you can do this. And I I became addicted to challenge early on. Maybe it's a one way to deal with trauma. You know, I'll lay on the couch before I. But it is. I just need to keep pushing myself to challenge to see what I am capable of. Maybe it's the second son syndrome. Uh, I'm not going to go too far in depth. I've just come to understand that's the way that. So I uh, want to succeed. I want to make others better. And if I do enough of that, I'm going to succeed in my goals. I'm going to do it in my own unique way. Um, One of the things that I read in a book, I don't even remember which one, maybe it was... um, I don't even know, but the more ideas that you have and they can cross pollinate, then that you produce new ideas. And it is through this intersection of different ideas and different skill sets that you create your capability to have a unique skill set or a unique proposition out in the marketplace. And so by being a sponge for knowledge and ideas, I've been able to assemble all these things that then give me this competitive advantage in the marketplace. And I love competition. I mean, my friends used to joke that I would play as hard uh, at the poker table for a 10 cent uh, buy-in total where you'd buy $1,000 worth of chips as I would if we were my money. For real money as if I was like in a <laughs> ring because it's just the driven nature that I have combined with this desire to see others win also. So if it's a zero-sum game like at the poker table, I'm going to take all the chips. If it is an infinite game where we can increase the pie for everybody, I want that pie to be tremendous and to have everybody else win also so that we can enjoy it together as a community so my drive is a combination of being the most driven individual that you'll meet with having this service orientation that i inherited from my mom the nun wow I didn't know your mom was a nun. I mean, how did that, how does that work? Anyways, how do how, how do you how are you born if you was a nun? So my mom uh, and dad met uh, when they were like 19 years old. When my mom was 20, even though they were dating, uh, she went into the nunnery. She came out six months later. They started dating again. They got engaged. (laughs) She gave the ring back. She went back into the nunnery. This repeated multiple times. And the mother superior is like, Barbara, you're never going to become a full nun. You're going to marry John. And eventually that's what happened. And there are six kids because of it. All right. That's a great story. And I see how it works out. Sometimes so it does, how do you solve a doesn't. problem like Maria? You know, that was sort of my mom. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, you, I think you have a good idea. So, of you know, what but, success you know, we, for, we, for... she taught us. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, what, what success I'm is sorry, for people? I, 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 no, no worries. I, I, no worries. I, I, it's our, it's our connection. It's cool. It's cool. No worries. We'll, we'll, we'll arrange it. We'll let the uh, internet feeds kind of sync up a little bit, but it's cool. Um, so what does the next level look like for you? What's that next phase in your life? Could you describe like where you are today and what that next level looks like? Sure. So COVID has been a really weird time. I mean, my entire startup portfolio from being an advisor there went to zero. 
boom, all gone. I got divorced, boom, lost my house, my kids, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. Two of Ouch. my primary businesses that were spending most of my time, they went completely belly up because of uh, everything. So I had to completely recreate myself in the past year. So, you know, the book was part of the process. The getting into ultra running was part of the process and all that. Uh, so I built. From there. And so the next stages in this development is in terms of building the empire is I want to be able to reach between all platforms and all methodologies, a hundred million people over the next year to positively influence them for their future. So I don't care if it's, you know, uh, interviews like this, writing articles, uh, TV, radio, podcasts, books, my YouTube channel, what have you. Because if I can reach out and touch that many people on such a small level, then I'm going to be okay financially. I'll be able to do whatever I want in terms of building my empire. I'll be able to, uh, even though it's going to be an insane amount of effort to reach that many people, it's going to, it's a challenge, like running the marathon or the ultra marathon or, or whatever, but the rewards are completely worth it because of not just the reward on the far side, but I love the process. I love the process of training to be a champion. I love the process of getting my advanced degrees because I love the learning. I love the idea of what do I have to do, the, the new thought level to be able to reach that many people and influence them. The new disciplines of writing every day to reach people, to recording podcasts, to burning stuff for the YouTube channel. It's this massive vision. And even if in people, guess what? I have still significant. So I'm a big fan of the Jim Collins idea of BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. So instead of saying, oh, yeah, I want to sell, you know, 20,000, 30,000 books, you know, it'd be nice to do a couple of talks. No, as Freddie Mercury said, you know, if you're going to set your sights, set your sights in being a legend. And so I'm setting this wicked high BHAG to marshal my creative energy, physical energies, you know, to basically align everything that I am when I'm not working with my kids into achieving this because of the impact that's going to have on other people. Because if I can impact a hundred million people in even in the tiniest capacity over the next 12 months, what's that going to do for the economy? What's that going to do in terms of our communities? What's that going to do for other people? I can't measure it. It's immeasurable because we can't go to that micro level with all these people and we can't really see the macroeconomic effect. But in the end, when they weigh my life on the scales, you know, they're going to say, all right, you did some good. So that's what's driving have that sort of world-changing impact because I'm not going to build a tech company that does that. 
All right. Well, let's talk some of those sales, right? So you got products uh, that you want to share with the audience and you've held it up in your hands a couple of times. Uh, you showed us the back cover. Tell me a little bit about the product that you have. Uh, where can we get it? That sort of stuff. So the book is called Excellence. It is available wherever you get your books. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, your local bookstore probably has to request it because they're not carrying a lot of stuff. It's also available on my website, which is everyday-excellence.com. Um, this podcast and others will be up there. There's also micro blogs. So that's an entire environment. So even if people don't buy my book, they can go to that space and be able to get a lot of additional information, additional insight, guidance, wisdom, butt kicking to help unlock their personal excellence. So I don't care if people buy my book right now. You know, it'd be nice. Yeah, that buys me beer. But if people just go and consume what I'm putting out there, what I'm drawing out of people in conversations like this, uh, you know, the reposts of other articles from great thinkers that I've found. You know, things like this. If I can utilize this to help people better, then that is meeting my mission. And so going to the website everyday-excellence.com gives access to all these different media and resources and ideas that people can tap into on a micro basis. You know, literally 30 seconds, 60 seconds, type consumables that can then turn around and positively impact their day and change their curve. And that is what I'm trying to do. I can reach a million people, even if it's only throughout the year, the aggregate effect that across our communities is massive positive impact and everybody ends up winning from that. When you uh, were telling your story, it was it, it sucks like to have to go through so much struggle sometimes in wealth and relationship categories. Like sometimes those pillars break and you got to start to rebuild them. And you you mentioned how you started with like building yourself first. Right. So you started conditioning your body and getting yourself ready. Uh, and I was wondering in my mind, I was thinking about uh, confidence like did you when when you get knocked down i feel like a lot of us take a lot of the losses in our day-to-days like whether it's a rejection on a sales call or it's a you know i didn't meet my quota or whatever it's it, we knock ourselves down like if it's the ultimate thing we kind of got to build our confidence do you is there a big connection for you in maintaining your health and your confidence to then does that transfer over to your business and your sales in a lot of ways. And I've got a saying that I wear my black belt on my soul. So even, you know, when I was recovering from, a, you know, my broken leg, I couldn't train for a couple of months. That affected me mentally because that's one of my outlets. But I still had all my lessons that I had learned. I still had the internal power. I still had the focus and the drive and the ability to narrow in and work on the details over and over and over again. And so again, that's a mindset that you can bring and apply in other areas. So confidence comes from actually doing things. So marathon, you can't take that away from you. you. You've done a marathon. doesn't matter if you've done one or a hundred, you have completed a marathon. 
And that is something that can never be taken away from you. You graduated from college, even if you're using your degree, because I don't really use my fixed degree other than I ask lots of questions, I'm a geek, um, but they can't take that away from you. If you've had previous success, as David Goggins says, going into your cook, that cannot be taken away. Things when you don't have to helps build that confidence so that you can tap either in the Stockdale paradox uh, Jim Collins again brings this up. Uh, it's from Admiral Stockdale, that was the highest ranking officer in the Noy Hilton, the uh, uh, prisoner of war camp. And the people who survived, he said, were the ones who had the balance. And it comes down to embrace the bitter truth, but never give up hope. Okay. I have had days that absolutely sucked by faith in the plan that I was working on. And I did the thing to do that. If I had to pick up the phone 25 times, and I picked up the phone 25 times. It did not matter if nobody said yes that particular day. I did the baseline activities that I knew would have to be done to succeed down the road. Growing up on the farm, I knew you plant in the spring and you can harvest in the fall. If you don't plant, you don't get to harvest. We shall reap what we sow. This is in the Bible. So if you a process that is fundamentally sound and you're executing on it, you need to have faith in it. Is every day? Absolutely not. There were there was a two-week period where I'm like, am I ever going to have success again? Because it, it seemed like nothing was working. It, but I had, I kept, I it, and then same fruition. I so you, um, I love how you you kind of claimed your wins. Like a, a win is yours, and you you kind of have to claim it. You have to go through the losses. You got to accept those as part yeah, of the no, process. No, you need to claim your loss. Okay. Yeah, you need because to claim your loss. I, I won. They're part that's of the me. process. I lost. That's me. Why did I lose? You yes. brought up. I missed my sales quota. Okay. You missed your sales quota for a reason. Was it that you didn't do the dials? Was it that you didn't get enough introductions to run your process? Did you cut corners at any point? Were you lazy? Were you counting on one big deal and, you know, got fat and happy off of it? Or did you do what you were supposed to do? I have a saying, win the morning, win the day. So I used to be the first one in my office at 7 a.m. after going and working out every single morning, uh, 5 a.m. when they opened the doors of the so I was in the office by 7 a.m. I'd have a 7 o'clock meeting, an 8.30 meeting, a 10 o'clock meeting, 11.30 meeting. So my peers were rolling into the office at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. I had already hit my daily activity numbers by the time they rolled in very often. So by 11.30, I was in the bonus round. Mm. And on Mondays, I worked from 7 in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, minimum. So I essentially had as many appointments scheduled in Monday as most of them would have by Wednesday. So even if appointments didn't keep or somebody said no or what have you, I overloaded so that I was a couple of days ahead in terms of my activity numbers by Monday. So that would carry me through. So by Wednesday, I was in the bonus round for the entire week. And at four o'clock in the afternoon, when they're going to the bar, I'm still working. 
because at 25 or 28 years old, if unless you're married and have 2.2 kids and a golden retriever, what else you got to do but work? If you get your workout in the morning, you know, so you're already taking care of your mind and body and spirit. Now you focus on building your career and you do that and you hammer on and you make those sacrifices in your 20s and 30s so that in your 40s, 50s and beyond, you can do things that other people don't dream of. Yep, so I did it in my right. 20s to build a career. You know what? I did it in my 30s to build a, a couple of other companies. I did it in my 40s full times because things happened that brought it down and I had some partners that I probably shouldn't have and stuff like that. So the fact that I've five, six, seven times. Can I do it again? Yeah. And each time you do it slightly smarter because, you know, I'm pushing 50. I don't admit it, but I'm pushing 50. And so I don't necessarily have the time and energy that I did when I was 22 and completely insane. So, you know, I only have 15 hours a day to work now. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life catches up. But like you said, if you did it once, you can do it again. You can rebuild it. Uh, and, and I love the marathon analogy. Like once you win the marathon, you, no one can take that away from you. My brother James, uh, he, uh, he had a, he fractured his back, like a little stress fracture on his back after running a marathon. He had planned to run this marathon, and he was talking about it. He planned for it. He trained for it. He was doing his runs. He was getting better. Uh, he had you know discomfort in his back, but nothing major. After he ran that marathon, dude, he was laid up for a few weeks. Like he, I mean, literally laid on his back. I couldn't like was super uncomfortable. Couldn't do anything. Um, his whole day was consumed of pain and trying to like not be in pain. That's it. Like just not be in pain. Uh, finally, you know, he got some some work done, and then now he's you know he's he's back. He's not. He's probably never gonna run like he ever used to. But he ran his marathon, and in, and to, for him, it's like no one can ever take that away from him. Like no one can ever take away the fact that he did it. His back is, is exactly. hurting and he's, he's, you know, he doesn't want it to hurt, obviously, but no one can take that away from him. Uh, dude, Joe, great show today. So before we head out, like is there any final, who play any final thoughts sports. Uh, before we go? Uh, well, one thing on the broken back, Bruce Lee wrote the Tao of Jeet Kune Do with a broken back. Mm. He's hanging in his bed and he takes it to his wife. So, you know, push up to do these hard things. And it comes down to, in any situation, we have a choice. And that choice generally breaks down to the easy choice, what feels good in the moment. You know, playing video games instead of cracking the books. Uh, eating the donut instead of eating the food. Avoiding the difficult discussion with our uh, significant other or our business partner or whatever. We have that moment of pleasure, that short-term feel-good, and it tends to lead to the worst outcomes. You know, you get diabetes, you fail the test, your you know, significant other leaves you. Or we can make the harder choice right up front, the, something with higher activation energy, if we want to think like a chemist for a moment. It takes more effort. It takes more effort to go and run than it does to sit on the couch eating Cheetos. It takes more effort to study for the exam than it does playing video games. It takes more effort to pick up the phone and call those clients that scare you. But you if too. you do those difficult things, you're on a better path overall. So basically you need to choose between the easy path and the right path. Take the harder path 
and ultimately you're going to have a better life. It gets easier over time. All right, ladies and gents, we're done for today. Before you guys head out, if you are one of those people who are striving for excellence, you want to be the one in your family, business, whatever it is, you're just trying to make yourself better, check out everyday-excellence.com, everyday-excellence.com. Joe, thank you again for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys again later. Peace, and we're out. Thanks for watching The Business Bros. If you're ready to get more clients and want to work with The Business Bro, visit our website, www.businessbros.biz, and click on the Need More Customers button, or learn how to generate more referrals with our video testimonial packages. Go to www.businessbros.biz and start getting...